welcome to Basic Snitches. Welcome. The 2024 edition. <laughs> That's right. It's our first time recording this year. It is. We're going to be five years old this year. Oh my God. See, my parents do have a grandchildren from me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm Adam. Three, I was going to say three cats and three, a podcast. Three cats on a podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry, but both of the twins gave you two granddaughters. I gave you four things. Be That's grateful. right. Yeah, I'm Tara. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're discussing chapter 21. The Tale of the Three Brothers. Yes, and it's from the phone book. <laughs> First book that came to my mind. Yep. I still use one every day. I just love to call people. <laughs> Let's take a moment to actually call out some people, and those folks are our patrons. Ashley, Brittany, Jen, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Nicole, and Olivia. You too can join that list at patreon.com basic snitches for as low as $5 a month. This week, Tara quizzes me on some things, and it is fun as always. Do you want to guess when or loser chapter 20? Yes, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> They go see Zootophilus Lovegood. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There was something else. Ron is back. They had some strategy talking, yeah. etc. Yeah, and then they go, easy, you know. Let's see. <laughs> Who did I give points <laughs> to? Oh, yeah, Xenophilus Lovegood. I'm going to say Xenophilus Lost, and I'm going to say um, Ron one? For, yeah, because Ron is still like, I'm back and I'm trying to suck up. You are right. Ah, oh, yeah. And so here's the thing is like, I almost didn't give a loss to anyone because he you know, yeah. doesn't do anything bad yet. But I was like, eh, he's about to fuck things up. So. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see it. Because I actually gave him points. I didn't take any points away last time. If someone's going to lose, it was going to be him. Where's my phone? <laughs> Where is your phone? How are you supposed to read the thing? How am I supposed to phone? tell when our pasta gets here? Right? Or if you're like reading the thing, whatever, when our pasta gets here. Yeah. And tiramisu. And uh, cannoli. All right. Tara Corkery. Tale of Three Brothers. Here we go. Mr. Lovegood asks them if they have heard the tale of the three brothers. Of course, Harry hasn't heard of it because he doesn't read. But Ron has, because it's one of the fairy tales in Beetle Bar. Because everyone loves a good story time, Hermione reads the story out loud to all of them. She finishes the story, which is ridiculously dark and should not be compared to a fairy tale or called a children's story. Seriously, what the fuck? Anyway, in fact, it's kind of like a fable. Aesop's fables. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Luna's dad tells them that the prezies that death gave the brothers in the story are the Deathly Hallows. By their powers combined, one becomes master of death. The idea of the Deathly Hallows sounds pretty ridiculous to Hermione, but Ron and Harry are intrigued by the idea. Eventually, in spite of Hermione's skepticism, Xenophilius is able to give them more of the history of the Hallows. He goes downstairs to the kitchen, and the trio discuss the idea of the Hallows. Hermione has written this trip off as a waste of time, and Harry snoops around and discovers that Luna's bedroom is just up the spiral staircase from where they are. But he can tell something is wrong, and when Zeno returns, he asks again where Luna is. Then the truth comes out. The Death Eaters kidnapped Luna, and her father is trying to turn Harry in so that they may possibly return Luna. A few moments later, a few Death Eaters show up, and Zeno duels the trio, accidentally destroying part of his house. <laughs> in the nick of time, Hermione's quick thinking, paired with her exceptional apparition skills, saves them again. 
Yeah, Hermione always coming in at the end. Right? Saving the day. That's okay. Harry will have his turn eventually. Right? Don't worry, Harry. Yes. Ron. Well, he did save Harry's life. He, he did. So. He did. I'm very, very happy he runs back. We yes. already discussed that. <laughs> As usual, tonight we are recording chapter 21 and 22. And <clears throat> once again, a great pairing to have together. Yeah. There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of really, really good things and connections and stuff that yeah. are made here. Most of which I think we'll probably talk about in the next episode because it all happens here. I actually really found myself liking this chapter more than I remembered. I really like this chapter. The next chapter is less interesting to oh, me. Oh, but... see, I like the next chapter more. But they're very connected. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why I don't like this chapter as much as because Xenophilus is there. <laughs> At the beginning, of course, Hermione begins to read the story. It's like nice little story time. She uses different voices for all the characters. <laughs> they disgusting thing. That, the tea or whatever. The tea or whatever it is. Toilet water. I guess we could basically tell that story now. Once upon a time, there were three brothers and they were crossing a river and they were like, we're wizards. And we're like, we're not going to drown in this fucking river. We're going to build a bridge. Yes. And Death was like, oh, hell no, you did it. And they were like, yes, we did. And he's like, well, shit, I guess I have to give you some prezzies. <laughs> yeah. Like, your death, couldn't you just be like, swoop, snap? Right? I'm like, that's a little unfair. Death has zero power, apparently. Death has a moral code, everyone. I know. <laughs> I planned for you to drown. You didn't drown, so I can't kill you yet. So the oldest brother was like, I want a wand that will be the most powerful. And immediately what he does is he takes his dick out. <laughs> and then the just like, my dick is the best wand out there. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one died. <laughs> yep, that's how that works. The second brother is like, I miss my wife. My lady. I would like to see her again. She's dead for some reason. So he's like, yeah, she died young. And so he's like, have a rock. <laughs> exactly. And so he takes that rock and he brings her back and she's like, I'm supposed to be dead, you bitch. And so she goes away and, and he's, he's like, I'm gonna die now. Yes. And then the youngest brother was like, well, my older brothers are fucking stupid. Correct. I, I want to hide from death. And so death is like, he's a pretty cloak for you today. It is very pretty. And he put it on and he was like, what are you talking about pretty? I can't see nothing. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. And then he ran away. And he's like, I'm invisible, bye. But eventually he became old and he was like, you know what? It's time to die. Here you go, son. Die. And then he dies. And just like, oh, hey, friend. And he's like, what's up? He's like, what'd you do with my cloak? He's like, I gave it to my child. Like, Fuck. Yeah. I'll that back. Don't pay attention to that. I'm dead now. What you got to show me? And then they went off. <laughs> and they went off. Friends. They're like BFFs now. Yes. Death is just hanging out with Ignotus Peveril forever. They're just like skipping around. That's my Harry Potter OTP <laughs> right there. <laughs> Death and Ignotus Peveril. <laughs> I honestly think our retelling was tits, okay? <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> so, Hermione, you're a really good storyteller. And Harry's like, so what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's like, I don't get it. Xenophilius rifles through and finds a piece of paper. He's and like, he's like, I'm going to draw you a picture. Yeah. They play some Pictionary. And Harry's like, I don't know what that is. We can't win this game. <laughs> the Deathly Hallows, you fucking idiot. Yes. And whoever possesses all of the Deathly Hallows He's is master of death. master of death. I hadn't even thought about this. I think it's actually 
in the next chapter, but the whole thing that we learn at The Build is Hollow is <laughs> the whole Master of Death thing, you know? That... Oh, the, the thing that was on the grave. Yes. You know, but... The last enemy who shall be destroyed is death. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and how they were like, isn't that like a Death Eater thing? And then if you like really read into it, so it kind of comes up there again. And so that gets Harry's wheels turning. And I love that Harry is like getting so inspired about this. Again, a lot of it happens in the next chapter. Yeah. But Hermione is like, what bullshit? I'm not going to trust some motherfucker that has an rumpet horn on there. Well, let's right. leave. She's like, I want you to prove this exists. And he's like, I want you to prove it doesn't exist. Which, okay. It's so fucking great. I have to say, I, I'm talking very freely instead of looking at my notes. But there's something to be said about that. I am on that train of like, Hermione, you need to open your mind a little yeah. bit. Well, that falls on the basis of Fart Face, the author, had... Whoa. Um, it clearly has, like, a lot of religious undertones that she didn't come out and, like, make them very obvious, which was great. Obviously, the whole idea of believing in a thing that you've never seen is a religious thing. But more than that, I would say just, like, the idea of trusting someone else's experience and their work. You know, is clearly a little nuts, but that was in Dumbledore's letter to Grindelwald. And there's there's all these things pieced together and you're like, this is something Dumbledore believed. And obviously they haven't come to that conclusion quite yet. Mm-hmm. Hermione, that's been a struggle for her since she even met Luna. Like, Luna believes in all these creatures that we haven't seen proof of, but it doesn't hurt to think of these things we don't have proof of. I would go so far to say it's not even just religious undertones, but it's spiritual and it's scientific. So you don't believe in gravity because you can't see it? I mean, you can can kind of see gravity, you know? But it's like an abstract concept. Yeah. And so I like that idea of, like, believing in something and the evidence of, like, well, can, can you prove that it's not real? Yeah. Innocent until right. proven it's the, guilty. It's literally the same concept. Yeah. And so I kind of like where he's coming from with all of this. Truly, they do kind of prove that these things exist yeah. when they walk through it. The invisibility cloak, I mean, right there, number right. one. It's literally in the house with them. And I think in my notes, I say somewhere how, like, oh, well, it's either probably what's going through Harry's mind, at least, is we could find two Horcruxes, or we could find two Hollows. Because, well, we have one of the Hollows, obviously. And I think that is something that is, even if Hermione doesn't want to admit it, is something that all three of them are thinking. Then he realizes, again, this is the next chapter, but he realizes they do have this stuff. So then it becomes one Hollow versus two Horcruxes. I'm getting way too deep into the next chapter. It's, we'll talk yeah. about it there. <laughs> it's okay. But I think that is probably going through his mind to an extent when he is kind of learning about some of this. And they very quickly talk about the Elder One and how throughout history, it's even repeated again, the death and destruction the one causes is like splattered. Oh and yeah, the, 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 the bloody ages. history of the Elder One is whatever. Yeah, yeah. like... I did find myself being like, okay, we know that there's some issues with Xenophilius. There's no reason for Hermione to trust what he's saying. No. But I like what he says. And I like, first of all, that Harry is open to it. And I think Ron is still in that middle point of, like, not wanting to piss off Hermione. And he wants to kind of be, like, the balance between the two of them. I mean, he definitely is trying to. And I think Ron likes the idea of it. Ron likes the idea of anything that could be helpful, which is fair. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I mean, I, of course, think of, like, let's take a vote. Who wants to go see Xenophilius and stuff like that? I mean, the first thing that I open up about 
And, like, you can kind of, especially in the movie, like, I think it's acted extremely well. Where he's like, well, Molly changed it to from Twilight to Midnight to make it scarier. Yes. Like, that is sort of similar to in the last chapter where Sherry was looking out the window and was like, Ginny's just over there. Like, it's a reminder yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that, like, yeah, Ron is definitely still in that middle ground. And very quickly, I think... I mean, let's be honest, Ron learned some lessons. I think he goes on to Hermione's side. He's like, that's what we're here for. We're here for the Horcrux hunting. Yeah. I gotta talk yeah. less about like, Oh, yeah, well, chapter, I'm excited but... for next chapter. Yeah. Can I just, because I'm not really sure when the best time to say this is, so I'm saying it now. Um, and I know we talked about it a little bit, how this is more like a fable than a fairy tale or a children's mm-hmm. story. I think it's too dark still to even call it a fable. There is murder and suicide in this fucking story. And Molly Weasley told that to her children. That's a good point. I am, like, wait. He's like, Mom always said Twilight or Midnight to make it spookier. I was like, I don't care about being spooky. There's literally murder and suicide in this fucking story. Yeah, and, like, who wants to read Twilight? (laughs) That's why she changed it to Midnight, actually. Yeah, because she was like, oh, that's way too scary. That's scarier than murder and arriving. There's already murder and suicide in this. We don't need Twilight. To be fair, I don't know if there's any of those things in the Twilight series, but it is just not my series. (laughs) So I read it a long time ago because I wanted to feel like I was allowed to make fun of it because I'd read it. I appreciate that. And I did that, and Ashley will appreciate this because she knew that that's why I did that. And it was terrible, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I definitely remember seeing things like excerpts from this book, and I'm like, come on, I don't have to read this. But at the same time, you know, something I think of a lot of times is... I majored in English in college, and even in, like, my first English class, I remember mentioning Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. because there's something to be said about a story that defined a generation. Yeah. And I think Harry Potter definitely did that. Oh, yeah. Like, say what you want about whatever you called her. Oh, fart face. Yes. I'm a very mature And, like, of course we do. Like, we do say things about her as well. If you want to read Twilight, that's fine, but I'm not going to. I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is not a Twilight podcast. Oh, no. They mentioned it in the book, and so, like, I really paid. It almost made me wonder if that, like, she did use that as, like, a dig. I don't know if it lines up time-wise. No, I think that that the Twilight series came out actually after these were completed. Oh, interesting. Maybe not. I don't know. I would have to look at it because I just don't remember. I have no idea. But... I don't care. It's, it's a time of day. It's neither here nor there. Um, but I guess that is true, though, that these are a little bit more violent than something that you would want to read to your children. I, yeah, I'm, um, like, I'm like, that's a lot. And here's the thing. A fable is not necessarily a children's thing. No. It's just a lesson. So right. So is that. Right. And that's, you know, like, Ron kind of, like, goes through it. I think it's in the next chapter about, you know, what it is. But, like, the fact that they keep referring to it as a children's story and that it was something that Ron was told as a child, I'm mm-hmm. like... Well, the Weasley children are, are pretty normal, if that's what they consider a children's story. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say there are those types of stories that you like hear around a campfire, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. This sort of has that feel to yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that she didn't tell them the story until they were at least at Hogwarts. Yeah. I mean, like, I think of those books like Scary Stories to just Read in the Dark. Oh, yeah. I remember those. It kind of feels along the same lines of those. Or the story about the one bitch that wore a ribbon around her neck. Mm-hmm. And then she took it off and her head fell off. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. It kind of feels <laughs> like that. And then they start talking about the Peverils. Yeah. Well, and 
I will say, when we were reading through the story of the three brothers, I was even thinking, and Xenophilius covers this, this sets it into motion. Like, in order for somebody to have control of the Elder One, you have to kill the person. Or you have to disarm the person. Yeah. That is very important language to use there. You have to take control of it. Yeah. The first brother, he is murdered for his wand, and it's taken from him. And so, like, that kind of seems to be, like, the thing that everyone does. But, of course, <laughs> spoiler, when Harry becomes the master of the Elder Wand, all he literally does is, He's... because, he does. <laughs> the power um, of expelliarmus. Because of that spell, in fact, because um, our favorite blonde fuckface used it on Dumble, he used expelliarmus on Dumble, and he, he became a... the master of the, I mean, is Draco our favorite blonde fuckface? I mean, is he a fuck? I mean, technically, like, if you're really talking about what a fuckface means, which is a term that Tara coined <laughs> when playing that one game, uh, which we haven't played in for fucking ever. We need to play that game. What's it called? The the card game. Yeah. Uh, With the little fuckfaces that yeah. you call the... Yeah, it's the Hogwarts... Yeah, I forget what it's called. But yeah, it's that game. Yes. The card, <laughs> it's a role-playing it's a, game. It's a deck-building game. We just call yes. them fuckfaces. Yes. Anyway, um, that's literally how it works, though, because... It, it seems very convoluted, but it's actually very simple. Draco disarmed Dumbledore, who was the master of the Elder Wand. And the second he disarmed Dumbledore, he becomes the master of the Elder Wand. And he doesn't know it. And that's really fascinating because that's where the trail of the Elder Wand actually stops that no one realizes. Yes. When Voldy is like, oh, when he learns that Dumbledore has the Elder Wand, he's like, I'm just going to go steal it from a grave. That wand already had an, an allegiance to someone else who didn't know about it. So that's why... At the end of the series, all the spoilers, Harry's like, nah, I'm going to let it go back to Dumbledore. So when I die, no one will be master of that wand. Yeah. Because exactly. Harry, like, Harry is the master of the Elder Wand. There's no way to continue it at yeah. that point. Yeah, because if Harry dies a natural death and no one kills him, which is very unlikely considering he's Harry Potter, but you know, whatever. But if he dies a natural death, that wand has no master. And it's just going to stay in Dumbledore's grave with Dumble. you imagine? So, recently, and this is something that I have a lot of questions for you in particular about, because I've played through Hogwarts Legacy so much, over the Christmas break, I got really into Hogwarts Mystery. So it's cool to see all these, like, segments of history that we can, like, actually see and whatnot. Like, it would be so interesting for us to go back to, like, when the founders are. You mm-hmm. know, that's that would be another great spinoff I'd love to see. Oh, yeah, same. That's the other thing I was thinking about. This, like, this predates that in the 10th century. Oh, yeah. Which is just incredible. Like, when you think of, like, oh, Harry descended from Ignotus Peveril. Right. This is pre-Godric right. Hollow. Like, it wasn't called Godric's Hollow back then because... Godric wasn't around to name it. Exactly. No, and that's so wild because Ignotus Peveril ended up buried in Godric's Hollow probably because... It was a magic... That's... Well, yeah. and yeah, and that's probably where the Potters ended up, you know, because Harry is descended from Ignotus. And Voldemort is descended from... The other one. The other one. The Elder One one. No. Oh, the, the stone. stone? Oh, he um, was... Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Duh, because it and, was in the ring. And Voldemort's also descendant of Salazar Slytherin. Like, Voldemort has, like, all of this fucking rich-ass history. Yeah, so I want to know more about the Elder One guy. Well, maybe no credit from him, because he was like, I got a fancy one, ha-ha. Yeah. And then somebody killed him the next day. So he didn't have children. Well, I wonder how the Resurrection Stone got to the other... Because he killed himself. 
So maybe it was just left in the family home or something, and it was oh, picked maybe. up. Oh, maybe. That's a good point. And someone realized what it was. Maybe he and his wife had a child. He maybe never married her. He, in the oh, story. Oh, yeah, yeah, The, the But, fiance. like, maybe he talked about it. Like, she brought he brought her into the world, and someone was like, the fuck is going on? She was dead. And he explained what it was. Maybe that person, you know. This is so interesting to talk about. Like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, I think it's a whole. I think Fuckface didn't think about it either. It's a whole... Fuck face, fart <laughs> breath, what'd you call her? Uh, fart face, that's what it is. Same. Fart face. So anyway, um, we're just, I love when we just are like, oh wait, this. Like, we just, I know, like, we, we are getting into the theory for real, like, um, in the backstory. So, see, there's so much to do. I mean, I'm still going to be excited for when they redo it. For real, but can you imagine it's when been so long. when that new Harry Potter actor comes up, we're gonna be like, "How dare you stand where he? Stood? How dare you stand where he stood?" Yeah, Dan Radcliffe would be like, "I don't really care." Although, but... I can't remember if you sent me this or someone else, but someone sent me the picture of them where. Harry could have played Sirius and Ron could play Lupin. Can you imagine if they do that? That would be lit. That would be so cool. They probably won't, but that would be oh so cool. Oh my god. Right? That wouldn't would that be, be great? Amazing. Okay, anyways. Anyways. <laughs> like, we, we we're are, getting way off, but there's so much to talk we, about. We need pasta. We'll, we'll be better when we, we need pasta. pasta. So anyway, so the three of them, after he's like, I'm going to go get make the soup. And they're all like, we're going to just talk about this some more. And Ron, Oh, xenophilia. Yeah, and then they, they have the yeah. whole question of like... Well, it's obvious what you pick, and they all pick something different. Yeah. And it's all very indicative of who they are. 100%. Ron is a bro, so he's like, I want the cool one. I mean, mean, here's the thing. That wouldn't be what my choice is, but I literally can't blame anyone who'd be like, I want the literal unbeatable wand. Is your game Fuck, Mary Kill? No. Fuck, Mary Kill. Okay. With original music. Fuck me, kill the Hamlets. Hamlets? Oh. I'm gonna kill the Resurrection Stone, which is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna fuck that wand. You are the same. <laughs> marry uh-huh. that uh-huh. cloak. <laughs> of course you marry the cloak. Yes. The cloak is by far the best. By yes. fucking far. And we are most used to it, too. The best one ever. Great. Whatever. It's cool. I'll fuck it. But at the same time, like... Y'all know I'm the witchy one. Like, there's so many other ways that you can communicate to your ancestors and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I totally, like, this book, I totally understand all of Harry's, like, attraction to the stone. And I definitely would never, like, judge him about that. It makes absolute sense. So, yeah, then Ron and Hermione start fighting about something. I forget what it is. Um, Yeah. And Harry. And Harry's, like, kind of off in his own world. Because that's when he's like, oh... He's going in to make plimpy soup. I'm going to go look in their medicine cabinet. <laughs> and it's I been am... a minute since I've had some drugs. And, then like... and I know that Xenophilius has good ones in his medicine cabinet. Right, you probably I'm do. sorry. I kept no, he probably do. Except for, like, then the emotional terrorism of, like, I hadn't Where's read this Luna? in so long. Of Luna. I was mm-hmm. very emotional. Well, he looks up and, and he, he sees through glass. Yeah. Correct? I think, like, when you look up, like, a spiral staircase, you can kind of see what's up there a oh, little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like he looks up there and sees them, but either way, however it's supposed to be. I love that he sees his face, and then he's, like, when he sees everyone's face painted on the wall, and then, like... And, I mean, it must have been really good if he thought he was looking in a mirror. Yeah. 
So Luna's a fucking artist. Give her Mixed all the art shows, right? Her little like writing of friend. I was very emotional about it this time. I was like, oh my god, how beautiful and also yeah. kind of sad. It gives such a different perspective of Luna without her even being there. Right. Luna's a weird girl. We learned about this. She's so good. <laughs> her introduction. Yeah. It's very clear, you know, that she's probably close to her father. They grew up creating all this art in their home. So obviously she gets taken away and like, yes, it's an awful thing for Xenophilius. And through this scene too, that's the thing is like, okay, is Xenophilius crazy or is he just a little kooky? I think it's the latter. I think he is. Like he totally is in a really bad situation Oh, he's in a horrible situation. But back to Luna, she may not have had a lot of friends. And so now like she's in this period of her life where she does have this really core, strong group group of people and how closely she prioritizes them and how important they are to her and things like that and then to go up and see oh there's no clothes in there so at least when she was kidnapped they were like oh yes as many luggages as you want (laughs) just take what you want i think it's all the stuff she brought to hogwarts but still yeah oh well but also they're like, yes. we're going to make sure you're comfortable. Yeah. Then we're going to throw you in a basement. <laughs> yeah. but Maybe they have, just want, maybe they stole her clothes. They wanted to wear her clothes. fashion shows in that basement. That's possible too. Death Eaters are wearing Luna's clothes under Dra- their Death fucking Death Eaters are drag queens. You heard it here first. And you know that she has all the drag clothes. It's oh. all drag clothes. That's what <laughs> yeah. it is. So, but that, and then the description of like seeing a bed that hasn't been slept in. I feel like that is relatable. That's almost. so relatable. So all of that, and then, then what happens? He comes so, back up, and they're like, and "Where the fuck Harry's is Luna?" like, "Where is Luna?" He's like, uh, "Well, actually, she was kidnapped, and I'm gonna turn you in." Yes, and they're on their way now. And they like see on the quibbler, like the the printing press is like, "Hey, here you go. Here's some oh more, yeah, here's some more information." And here's like, the pink. Nickname. <laughs> then Ron is like, the fuck? You were like, we should be Harry's friend, and this is what fucking Umbridge wants, and whatever. And then he, of course, is like, they took Luna because I was being pro Harry Potter. And of course, it's very sad. Like, I think the first time I read this, I was like, come on, you fucker. But I'm like, what would I do? I don't have a kid, so I can't really, like, relate well, to that. Well, I think like, it's very opportunistic. I mean, of course it's opportunistic, but, like, what else would you do? I think that there's probably an opportunity here. Here's the thing. He doesn't really know them. He probably knows them based on what Luna has said. Yeah. That. He absolutely does. And he reacts in a very quick, Oh yes, rash I mean, it's, way. It's desperation. He's very desperate. He's probably uh, on a lot of drugs. <laughs> and I think he is probably like, what's the easiest thing I can do here? Yes, that desperation aspect does make you feel for him to an extent. Absolutely. But there were other solutions here, for sure. I think that there were two. I mean, he's alone, so he doesn't have anyone to bounce those well, ideas off that's another thing. Of. Exactly. Like, whenever Harry has, you know, Harry always has Hermione. So when he's thinking of what's the better solution... He's Hermione and sometimes Ron and like, you know, they have each other and literally Luna and Zeno have each other and Luna is kidding. Yeah. So part of me thinks, and the kookiness probably plays into it, that's where 
he's desperate. He makes this judgment call. Oh, absolutely. If that wasn't his immediate thought, his let's go back to the previous chapter. I even mentioned it. Like it says that his mouth became a perfect O, and it's a quirk. But that's also probably where he's like, "Oh my gosh, I have Harry Potter. I can get my daughter back." Yeah, that's probably oh, yeah. what he immediately. Very thinks. much, I'm sure. Now here's the other thing. If only he knew how strong and smart this trio is combined. Right. I mean, Ron is there too, but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, but like, yeah, you're <laughs> you're 100 right though. Has he been like, Luna has been taken. This is my dilemma. Yeah, you know, because I mean, it gets remedied pretty fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it is what it is. This is the decision he made, etc. Also, remind me because of, of course we did watch the movie. He does tell them before they arrive. Like you said, I think you said in the last episode that it was probably that he sent a Patronus. I think that is probably... Yeah, he did some sort of... I don't know if it was a Patronus, because Death Eaters don't Patronus, so maybe you don't send Patronuses to them, but he did some sort of messaging. Could have been an owl, who fucking knows. Maybe they have Patronuses. Maybe they have... Right, I mean, I feel like Xenophilius probably has a Patronus, but Death Eaters... What is Xenophilius' Patronus? Probably a crumple horn snorkel. I was just going to say, like, which fake creature... Is it, is it really? <laughs> right. The series events at the end of this chapter are very, very quick. I think he tells them this, and then I can't remember if they choose to duel with him first or if the Death Eaters arrive first. Do you remember? So it kind of happens at the same time. They start the duel, and I think the Death Eaters arrive as they start the duel. So the Death Eaters are like, the fuck you tried to blow us up. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yes, yes, yes. So it kind of just coincided. Because they're like, what the hell? This was a trap. And then he's like, no, 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 I swear, I swear that they have Harry Potter. So then they're basically like, tell you what, you go and bring us Harry Potter, you'll get your daughter back. At this point, because the house is blown up, and Hermione's like, told you so. He's trying to, like, get past this, like, it's a wardrobe or something has fallen. Or maybe is it the printing press? Something Yeah, like the print, it's the explosion, so there's shit everywhere. Mm. And, like, I know, like, a piece of furniture, like falls on Ron, and there's, like, the printing press is blocking the stairs, I think. Yes. And even when this was happening, and it is immediately explained in the next chapter, I was like, why is Hermione doing it like this? It's in the best way possible so that they know that Xenophilius wasn't lying. She puts the cloak over Ron, because he's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Because it's better going. And, like, look at what Xenophilius is going through. His kid was taken. It's so gonna... fucking smart. Yeah. Like, yeah, she talks about it in the next chapter. But, yeah. I love that she does the whole thing where she's like, do you trust me? And Harry's like, yes. And yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, too. give me the invisibility cloak. Ron put it on. Ron's like, I don't understand. And she's like, I got this. Yep. Don't worry. Um, And then they, like, falls through the floor so that they can see that Harry was there mm-hmm. and that Xenophilus wasn't lying. And immediately apparates. And then like they're the like, timing of it. apparate, get the fuck out of it's there. It's incredible. So that's what happens in the chapter. I do have, yes. um, I was looking at my notes. Yes. Because I take all these notes and then I speak for We get excited. Yes, we are 100% like authentic with our fucking conversations. 100%. 140% in fact. I just want to make sure. So Dumble got the wand from Grindelwald, obviously. Yes. So he's uh, Grindelwald, obviously mm-hmm. stole it from Grindelwald. We know that. And then I'm assuming it was that Dumbledore Expelliarmist Grindelwald. Yeah, I mean, or something of the sort, because yes. he he didn't kill him because Fantastic Grindelwald beats. is Grindelwald is still alive at this point in the series. As oh, of he's right still now, alive. he's still alive because. 
Foley's gonna kill him soon. Whoa! Oh my God! Spoiler: Foley's evil, about to kill the, Grindelwald. The evil guys. Yeah. Coming to get. So Grindelwald outlived Dumbledore. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He did. I guess I forgot about that, but that's because he was in fucking prison the whole time. So. At the very least, I'm glad that we kind of cleared that up, because I was wondering about that. And then, the one thing that we didn't really talk about, and one of Hermione's biggest things, is like, well, this can't be true because you can't bring someone back from the dead. That's not how magic works. Because I was talking about how they do kind of have proof. They prove the wand, they sort of prove the cloak. Yeah. And they're like, girl, in the story she doesn't come back to life. Like, she comes back, but she's like a shadow of who yeah. she was, and she's uncomfortable because... She doesn't belong there. Yeah. Yeah. Then he even mentions what happens at the end of book four, and all of that. And so, Hermione is kind of like, it's just a story, it's just a fable, it's just this. And what I wrote down, and like, Ron is kind of correct in what he says, but he's basically like, but what if it's true? Like, oh, it's just a story. But think about so many stories and how they're based. What if we're conditioned to think that, oh, this is just a story? Especially something that is as ancient as it was. I think that's just an interesting way to look at it. Is like, oh, you were conditioned to think that this was a story. You were conditioned into thinking this wasn't true. Like, look at society. Right. We're conditioned wow. in so many different ways. So true. Sometimes and, some of the stuff that Ron says is actually, like, the most, like thoughtful and innovative stuff in the series. Yes, and it's almost delivered in a more innocent way. Like, he doesn't realize how wise he's well, he, Yeah, and I mean, literally anytime, almost anytime Ron says something wise, he has no idea. And we've talked about this before. The kind of information and knowledge and understanding he brings to the other two because of him growing up in the wizarding world is, like, really exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. 100%. It would be almost interesting to kind of go through and see where all these little nuggets yeah. pop up, where it's like, Ron is more right than we think. And, like, something else I was even thinking on along those same lines is, like, we have definitely seen how Hermione is so grounded and rooted in logic. Time and time again, like, yeah. when we think about occlumency, it's like, you're going way too much by the book. You do need to open your mind. You're not good at divination. And this is probably one of the reasons why, mm -hmm. etc. So, lastly, at the very end, there's two sort of things. First of all, Selwyn is mentioned. Fucking Selwyn. He's one of the guys who comes. And I'm like, oh, okay, this must be Pink Brother. And the other thing, so this is what I wrote down. And then I was kind of proven wrong also at the end of the chapter. But I'm like, do you really think that turning in Harry Potter is going to... Make the bad guys be like, okay, here's your daddy back. I don't believe it for a right, second. Right, no, they're bad guys. They're literally just going to kill everyone. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing of, like, at the end being... Like, well, Travers on. is the other fucking guy Travers. there. I fucking hate that guy, too. He was named after a city in Michigan. I want to say Travers is someone who works for the ministry who Umbridge had to come try to attack Hagrid. Maybe. I can't remember now. That sounds, but I could be wrong. Anyway, though. Even through some of this, like, when they were talking about, like, how the, and this, again, maybe in the next chapter, where they're, like, talking about, oh, the wand went from this person to this person to yeah. this person, etc. I was like, how many of these people are, like, notable? Like, do we see them come up again, etc. I mean, like I had said earlier, even in Hogwarts Mystery, when you get chocolate frog cards, I mean, these are actual people that you mm -hmm. do see throughout the series. Yeah. Like, Vogel is in there, who's in the third 
Fantastic Beasts. Yes, yes, yes. Like, there are clear people that we have heard about multiple times. So I always just like to think about that. No, I think that's really fun. So, so I'm about to test your knowledge. Shit. Quiz time, quiz time. Oof, so many quizzes. I, I know, seriously. Uh, We're not doing a That's quiz for Patreon, FYI. Yeah, we gotta take no a couple of weeks time. off from quizzes. Alright, you ready? I have five questions. I'm gonna fail all of these. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. You we'll like... see. Okay, number one. Name the three Peveril brothers by their first name. Ignotus. Are you cheating right now? You're looking at your phone. No, I'm looking at my text. Oh. Notice <laughs> Amicus. Close. It's. I literally was thinking of. It this begins too. with A. You are you are correct about that. Oh. Amicus Caro, obviously. Oh, Amicus. I was like, where does that name come? Yeah. Ignotus. I think this is a college in either Ohio. Oh, Antioch. Whoa, she got it. <laughs> and the other one's name does not begin with a vowel. It begins with a C. Yeah, Cadmus. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. I thought is... about this one today and I was like, he's going to answer me this shit. If oh my quiz. God, she knew. Who was the last person to have the wand according to Xena? Oh, I cannot like, remember. Traced it, traced it. I can see it on the page of like, the trail was lost after this person, but I cannot think of the person's yeah. name. It's either Laxius or Loxius, depending. I wrote it and it could be either one. Laxius? I think it's probably Laxius. I, that sounds, sounds yeah. correct. According to Ron's superstition, so he talks about a certain superstition, probably like, oh, talking about things that we learned when we were young reading fables like this or something like that. Wizards born in what month are going to marry muggles? May? Yes! Tauruses. Tauruses marry muggles, everyone. Pass it around. Fourth, name one of two... But you can also name two, because if, if you remember both of them, of other powerful ones that were mentioned. The Death Stick? Yes. I'm, that's, you can't forget The Wand that. of Destiny. You are correct. Okay, final question. And this is the one where you might be like, because there was that one time where I was like, name all the spells used. Well, I'm asking the question again. Yeah, I'm going to fuck it up. It's fine. Once Death Eaters arrive, four spells are used. Can you name what those are. Once they arrive? I would say not even like once they arrive, but like once the conflict happens. Let's say that. Well, I know Obscuro is used. Obscuro no, or Obscurio Obscurio or something. She uses something on on him. It's like... Yes. Obs- nope. It's not Obscuro. It's not, but it does begin with O. Obliviate. Yes. So that's what Hermione uses on? On Lovegood. Yes. I was about to call him Dick Cheese. Whoa. All right, sure. Xenophilius. Oh Your no, he's, he's better than that. He probably has it though. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> other spells, other spells. Um, I don't know why I want to say Depulso. Oh, you're very close. So this is the other one that Hermione uses. What it is is Obliviate to Dick Cheese, <laughs> and then she uses this spell to go through the floor, and it's Deprimo. Deprimo. I'm gonna give you because Depulso. I don't think those are the same thing. I don't think Depulso so either. Depulso is something. Same sort. Depulso, I think, is like pushing away. Yeah. So Depri. Um, but she does use Wingardium Leviosa to get the bookshelf off of Ron. Oh, whoops! I forgot that one. So bonus. <laughs> 
But the two other ones, one of them is something that Xenophilus uses, and one is something that Selwyn and Travers use. I love those guys. So, what does Xenophilus use? And it misses them, and it hits something else. I know, but I'm trying to remember what that spell is. My brain is like, you don't know spells, think, bitch. Think like basic, basic. Oh, basic. I know, I know, I know it's a basic spell, and I'm like, Ginny uses it. Harry should use it. Right. <laughs> Particularly when they're playing in Blue Zuni in this book. What is that fucking spell? Oh, was it Stupefy? Yes. He uses Stupefy? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He uses it and hits the Crumblehorn Stork Dick. That's and everything explodes. Yeah. What's the other one? The other one is Hominem Revelio. Oh, yes. To, to reveal they're upstairs. Yes. yes. And then also we can read more I did know that one somewhere in the back of my brain, but I just. Oh. I give you an A. You did really, really good at that. So. Congratulations! Okay. We're so good at things. We, yeah. We <laughs> like sure quizzes. are. We're not doing a quiz next episode. Because if it's not a quiz, it's wrong answers only. <laughs> and I know I'm good at that. So. <laughs> I'm good at giving wrong answers. <laughs> they're not necessarily funny, but they're wrong. Speaking of wrong. That's not good. That's not good. It's uh, fine. It's fine. We had already talked about them coming there, the dirigible plums, all of that. We also talked about how it's just darker. I even said the house is dark. It. it does not feel like Luna lives there. I get that he's depressed. Okay, but right. like if we could have some light in here so that we can see the beautiful scenery. Like you can tell, like this father daughter duo, they have painted their house on the inside. You can tell. It's cool. Let us see it. Yeah, the way it's described in the books is like it's so Luna. It's so what yeah. you would expect from. This girl and the, the man who raised her, and like the movie mm-hmm. does not feel like that. Yeah. We get, of course, the spiral staircase and shit like that, and we don't get Harry venturing into the oh, room. Which is maybe my like. I am pretty thing. sad about that. Yeah. I really would have liked that. And also, though, the Death Eaters just come and start blowing shit up in the house. They pull a burrow. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, okay, I have... So we don't get an rumpet horn. Yes. The fact that there's not an rumpet horn and that we don't see Luna's bedroom, I think, is a big disservice. I, yeah. So, essentially, they kind of go back downstairs, and I think Ron is even like, yo, you forgot the water for the tea. Like, it's almost like he's looking for the people that he allegedly called. Then they kind of back him into a corner, and I don't even know if they ask where Luna is or something. No, because he, like, panics. There's a part of this I appreciate that they, like, gave us this actor a chance to really be, like, desperate and upset about his child being taken. And this is a really good actor who I also really appreciate because they found an actor who has the same accent as the actress who plays Luna. Ivana Lynch? Really? I did not even notice that their accent very similar. Wow, I didn't notice that at all. I don't know that it's the same, but it's very similar. And I was like, oh... That's really cool. That's interesting to notice um, in, like, the absence of her. I mean, too. and I don't know if that's the actor or that he created his accent yeah. based on Alana Lynch's performance. He's very good. I want to give him credit for, like, this emotional breakdown he's having, mm-hmm. but that's not how it goes in the book, so I don't love that. Yeah. The fact that he's not getting the water for the tea is not enough, I think, for that to happen. So that... it's actually good that he's the one that is the catalyst for that. Like, he's the one that, that yeah. is, like... You can't like leave. Because they're like, we want to leave. He's like, you can't leave. And, and here's why. And so I get it. Now I will say, I would have preferred their rumpet horn. That is so much better. 
it gives you a little bit more of like the kookiness factor. Because right. that is what is very much missing. He's for me. not kooky enough. Yes. And he's more crazy. Yeah. And there's a difference. And again, I respect his position. I am so much more willing to forgive book Zeno than movie Zeno. I think so too. Now, I will say it's interesting how they do this because instead of the rumpet horn, he just says Voldemort. And, and I don't even know if they were trying to do that as, like, to show that he is breaking the taboo. Because they don't talk about the taboo in the movie. Right. Well, I mean, so, kind of when it but... happened, I was like, okay, now that's interesting. They basically show that the taboo is a thing. Yeah, he's saying. like, who took her? Voldemort. And then they appear. Yes. And they're, like, destroying the house immediately. Like, when they break the taboo in the next chapters, there is, not a lot of time, but there's a little bit of time. Well, and... Here's what I see. And to that. same with when they break it in Tottenham Court Road early in the book. They change. They go into that coffee shop. It's not immediate. It's very, very quickly, yes. but it's not immediate. So the movie is just kind of like not really interpreting the idea very well. I well, don't think. It's not interpreting they, they it aren't. accurately, I suppose. But it's not necessarily not good. I would have appreciated this as like a way to cut things down a little bit. Like I can kind of see that that is I fine. do appreciate that. If they didn't immediately apparate out of there and walk into the Snatchers. Yes. Like that defeats the fucking, purpose of that. I know, which we'll talk about in the next episode, but I'm so mad about that. If he says Voldemort and they immediately arrive, why not have this great next chapter, because the next chapter is in the movie, where no. they talk about it, and then Harry is so, like, lost in thought and inspired by this that he says the word because they say in the book yeah and this is the next chapter but they say in the book you know who multiple times and then harry is just so like in his mind thinking about this that he says voldemort without thinking about it and we don't get that in the movie if we literally see the trace in action show it to us in the next meeting like it's supposed to be done and give us all that information because you can do that in literally the same amount of time you do not need to exactly literally all they had to do was land there if you wanted them to come right away then have harry break the taboo right there he'd be like voldemort has luna or whatever the fuck they could have appeared then because even that is harry like if harry would harry absolutely would say that shit he would absolutely do that 100 Can you imagine if they were to apparate to wherever they are and they have this conversation? Oh, Dumbledore meant for us to find the Hallows instead. It makes all this sense, blah, blah, blah. And even Ron and Hermione kind of like being like, Harry, no, this was a waste, blah, blah, blah. And then Harry kind of going off and he's in his own head. He's like pacing around and he says the name. Boom, they show up. Like you said, it would have taken, like, no additional The amount, time. same amount of time as them chasing them through the woods, which that scene gives me severe anxiety. Right. We will talk about we that in the next chapter. We don't need to see the change. But, yes. There, we don't need to see the chase. Yeah. yeah. We'll literally repeat this in the next chapter, and yeah. you guys will be fine with it. Exactly, you exactly. Us, so. We'll just refer back to what we're saying. I, uh, overall, like, there are a lot of flaws in this chapter, I think. Like, as well, as the movie, yeah. And the main thing that we didn't even talk about is, like, the story of the three brothers, which is incredible. Like, Oh, yes. Let's just take a second. That is gorgeous cinematography. It is. It, like, when you're watching it, it almost doesn't even feel like we're watching the movie. No. It literally feels like it's an, an entirely different thing. And because it's so beautiful, I'm willing to forgive the fact that they changed Fuck the actual story. Yeah. But... They put all that effort into the story of Three That bodies. is, it's gorgeous. It really is. So, eh, not their best work, but 
alas, what do we come to expect? Right, because listen, we fucking love the cinematography about the story of the Three Brothers. What about your point? Very, very similar. Plus 10 to Hermione because she gets him out of there. Plus 10 to Luna because she got captured. Plus plus negative 20. (laughs) Negative 20. Plus negative 20. Negative 20 to Xenophilius. Because let's also just start and talk about this guy's a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's a Luna version of a Ravenclaw. He's a little bit kooky and stuff. But just in general, there could have been some other decisions made here. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, next time, we're going to be discussing the next chapter. Chapter 22. 22, which is called... The The Deathly Hollows. Finally get the chapter. So we get the the chapter title of the book. We've had that, the name, The Deathly Hollows, for two chapters. chapters. But... Still the latest we've ever seen in the series. It really is. And like I already said, I'm very excited about this next episode because I love this chapter, so... I'm excited. We'll talk about it then. See you then, friends. You have farewell. You pasta time, pasta time, pasta time. It's here, Masu. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Tarantelegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!